Welcome to another episode of the Heartland Author Podcast. I'm Aaron Apollo Camp. For today's episode, I had the honor of interviewing Mark A. Hirschberg, the author of the nonfiction book, The Career Toolkit, Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You. I'm here with Mark Hirschberg, the author of the Career Toolkit, Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You. Did I get the name of your book correct? You did, the title and subtitle. Thank you. Welcome to the Heartland Author part, uh, Podcast, Mark. Thanks for having me on the show. It's my pleasure to be here. Now, for the first question, feel free to introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. I've had this very interesting career. I am primarily a CTO, a chief technology officer. I came out of MIT back in the 90s and started doing tech startup companies. I've been in digital media, in cybersecurity, in ad tech. But during this whole time, I also helped to start a class at MIT referred to as the Career Success Accelerator. So in parallel to my work building tech companies and helping Fortune 500s innovate, I've also been teaching at MIT and elsewhere for 20 years, teaching skills such as leadership, networking, negotiating, team building. And so I've done that in parallel, which led to my speaking, the book, and the app, which was the book that we mentioned earlier. Now, MIT refers to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Now, without spoiling too much of your book, what is your book, The Career Toolkit, about? It covers 10 topics that we identified when we created the class as the 10 skills that companies are saying they want to see in the people they hire. Not just people from MIT or people out of school, but everyone they hire, every field, every industry. And so I took those 10 skills, I'll run through them quickly, career planning, working effectively, things like managing your manager, interviewing, but from the hiring manager side, leadership, the people side of management, the process side of management, communication, networking, negotiation, ethics. And so these were the 10 skills that were identified. And in my book, I have a chapter on each of them where at the in each chapter, there is a shift in how you approach the skill and then how to actually execute on it with actionable tips. And the book was designed so you can really pick up any individual chapter. You can open the book, go right to chapter seven, then to chapter two, then on to chapter nine, and really pick these up as individual tools as opposed to a book you have to read cover to cover, although you can certainly read it that way as well. Now, I have this question written down in advance, but this is going to be kind of a follow-up to your previous answer. Uh, I noticed on your website that you posted a synopsis of your book and the book's table of contents on your book's website for free. Is this something that you would recommend for every nonfiction author, or or was this part of like a a class you were teaching? I put it on there because I believe it helps market the book and I would encourage others to do the same. The reason people would buy my book is because they say, I want to get better at networking or at negotiating. And the synopsis just has a sentence or two about what's covered. The table of contents gives you some hint about what we might be talking about because I've got the sections of the book, of the chapter listed. 
but doesn't go into a lot of detail. So it gives someone a sense of where might this be useful? Does it look relevant to me? I really encourage everyone to put their content there. And in fact, not only do I have the synopsis and table of contents, a lot of the tips from the book I put into the free app because I believe that is relevant to how we need to market our books in the future. Uh, you mentioned your smartphone app. I'll get to that a little bit of toward the end of this interview. Uh, but I do want to comment a little bit on uh, your response to uh, the previous question. Uh, I honestly had not thought, because I am writing uh, uh, a number of nonfiction works as well as fiction works. Uh, I had honestly not thought of making a synopsis of my book publicly available for free for a nonfiction book and I actually found it interesting that you could do that without spoiling the whole book whereas that really wouldn't be possible to do that for a fiction work sure with a fiction book you want to give them some indication of the plot but you obviously can't resolve the plot now in my synopsis just to give folks a sense each chapter I have about two or three lines describing what's covered in the book. So let's take negotiation, for example. So in negotiation, I forget what I say in the synopsis, but you can go look it up. But there are a number of very specific things I talk about in the chapter about what to do to negotiate better, concrete things you can do, how to prepare for the negotiation, for example. Preparation's a big thing most people don't know to do in negotiations. I don't even think I mentioned preparation in the synopsis. Certainly I'm mentioning it now, but even if you say, okay, Mark just told me to prepare for the negotiation, you probably still have a lot of follow-up questions. What does it mean to prepare? What do I want to do? How do I think about preparing? What gets prepared? What do I bring in with me? And that's why you have to read the book. But now you think, oh, I never thought of preparation. That's a good idea. I want to learn more. That's a very good way of approaching marketing a book. You uh, don't want to give away too much, but uh, it's not really practical to mm, uh, just surprise everyone, particularly in regards to nonfiction. There are cases where you may even consider giving away everything, but we'll talk about that a little later in the show. <laughs> now, is the, your book, The Career Toolkit, self-published or traditionally published? I decided to self-publish for a number of reasons, partially because I had more control that way, also because I was creating the app and it wasn't clear how, how publishers would respond to it. Now they've shown an interest in it, but initially they didn't fully understand it and I just said, I don't wanna to have to jump through hoops, explain this to them or be restricted from doing it. So I chose to do it on my own. Now, when writing the Career Toolkit, what was your uh, writing routine like? I didn't have a standard routine. I know there are people who say, I get up, I write from 9 to noon every day. They have some process. It wasn't like that for me. I wrote when I wanted to write. Sometimes that was the middle of the afternoon. Sometimes that was in the evenings. There were times when at 2 in the morning I couldn't sleep because I had ideas running through my head and I'd get up and go to the laptop and just start typing. But in every case, I would just keep typing the words until I felt, okay, I got it out of me and now I'm, I'm done for the moment. I'll come back to it later. I do note, I wrote this fairly quickly. I wrote it over about four months, 
But to be fair, I've been teaching this topic, the topics in the book for 20 years. So the work of writing it was really developed over 20 years. All I had to do was take the knowledge in my head that had already been developed and just get it down on paper, metaphorically, obviously electronically. And so that's what my writing was. It wasn't creating it, it was just extracting it, which probably is different than many writers who might be listening. Yeah, and oftentimes the hardest part of, uh, of writing a book for a lot of authors is getting an idea from mind or experience to uh, to uh, a paper or other type of document. Very true. And what I would recommend, if you don't have something where you say, well, this is what I love, am knowledgeable about, am passionate about, if you don't have that already, explore some topics, find a topic that you think is interesting, research that topic extensively from talking to people, doing online research, reading other books, research that topic extensively, and then start to teach it, start to talk to other people about it. It is in that process of teaching that you refine your thoughts. Feedback that I've regularly gotten on my book is people say, I love the book. I read something in a chapter. I then have a question, but as soon as I flip the page, you've answered my question. Well, that wasn't some magic on my part. It's the fact that having taught this for 20 years, I know when I say this, these are the next few questions everyone always asks. So I better address those questions next. So once you have your content, you have an idea of what you want to do, teach it to other people, go on podcasts and talk about it, blog about it, go create clubhouse rooms and talk about it, but just engage with other people and get the feedback so you can see, am I being clear in how I do this? What are the questions that come up? What are other areas to explore that relates to this, other directions I can go in? And that's going to help you refine your content before you put it into the book, where obviously it's kind of set. Now, I didn't have this question written down, but uh, because uh, you mentioned uh, this earlier in the episode, in the interview, rather, uh, there might be some authors, and while this would be an unorthodox marketing strategy, uh, it might be best for some authors to just give away the whole uh, nonfiction book uh, to market it. Uh, are there situations where you would recommend that to a nonfiction author? Yes, I would. And it comes down to why are you writing your book? This is the question you need to begin with. Now there's a couple potential answers. One is money, and if that's your goal, I've got some bad news for you. Most people do not make money selling nonfiction books. There's a few people out there, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Seven Habits, but most people, those books will never make you significant money. That's not the way to think about it. So then if you're not doing it for money, why are you doing it? Well, for some folks, it might be I want to get this out. I'm just very passionate about it. I know in my case, I wanted to get it out just to help other people. I know the power of these ideas. I've been doing it for years with my students, with people I teach. I want to get into the hands of other people. Now, I could just give it away for free, but then people don't ascribe value to it. So making it a print book that we charge for as opposed to here's the book online for free as a PDF anyone can download, 
I think it gets more respect. People are going to pay more attention to it, even though we're charging. But now here is probably the most common reason people write nonfiction books. They have something else they want to sell. So for example, in my case, I don't do this, but a common thing, if you think of a book like mine, The Career Toolkit, it's often written by someone who is an executive coach or a resume writer or a recruiter or someone who says, I make my money because people hire me to find them a job, to redo their resume, to do something else. And they'll pay me hundreds or thousands of dollars to do this. The book gets you out there because there's lots of people who would call themselves an executive coach or a financial planner or whatever your topic is. Dime a dozen. How do you differentiate? You say, well, I'm the person with the book. I'm the person who stands out. I wrote a book. Look at me. Not everyone has written a book. I am therefore an expert. Now, again, you're making maybe about a dollar a book if you're doing traditional publishing. So even if you sell 10,000 books, all right, $10,000 is nice, but that's probably not changing your lifestyle. But if those books get you clients as a financial planner, as an executive coach, or whatever it is you do, well, then suddenly you're making significantly more. And in that case, you're not worried so much about selling the book. The book is just there as a resume builder, as look at me, just like a degree or some other achievement. And so you don't mind giving away the book, whether it's literally giving away the book. And so if you're a financial planner and you're meeting with a potential client, you might say, well, I'm glad we got this chance to meet. I hope you consider me. By the way, here's a free copy of my book. Check it out. You'll gladly give away a $10, $20 book because it might land you a bigger client. Or you might put the content online, say in your social media posts, and someone says, wow, this guy is brilliant. He has all these good insights. I want him managing my money, or I want him to advise me on my career, or again, whatever your topic is. So if you're writing a book to give yourself that credibility to generate sales of other products or services, it's okay to give away that content. Now, uh, uh, are you planning on writing more books in the future, or will the Career Toolkit be your only book? I do hope to write more in the future. I've got about seven other books sketched out. One of them is leading as my next book. But the advice I got from my friend Robin Colucci, she is an excellent book coach. And she said, whenever you do a book, be prepared to talk about it for five years. There's two years where you're putting the book together. You're writing it. It goes to the publisher. They're editing it. And then three years of marketing the book. The mistake people make is they put the book out. They talk about it for two or three months and say, okay, time for the next one. No, you're not done. Marketing is a marathon, not a sprint. Now, you may start writing your next book, but that first book, you need to be talking about it for at least two, if not three years or more. So I want to continue to focus on that book, and I probably won't start my next book in earnest for at least another year or two to give this time, the, my first book, the attention it needs to continue to market it. I was uh, looking up, trying to find the interesting things about uh, you in preparation for this interview, and according to your website, you have a diverse cufflink collection. When did you start collecting cufflinks? I started collecting them, I think, back in late 2006, early 2007. 
my then girlfriend got me to start dressing in French cuff shirts. And now most cufflinks are pretty boring. It's a knot, it's a square, it's a circle. The first cufflinks she gave me were a pair from MIT, from my university. And shortly after, I discovered what most people call novelty cufflinks. So of the 400-some pairs that I have, I have different foods, bananas, strawberries, hamburgers, grilled cheese. I have transportation, planes, trains, submarines. I have holidays, Christmas trees, and pumpkins, and menorahs. I've got different cufflinks for different things. And so every day, no matter what I'm doing, I probably have a pair of cufflinks that go with that activity. Um, this will be the final question of this interview, and, and this will uh, piggyback onto something uh, you uh, mentioned earlier in the interview. In addition to your book, you also have a smartphone app that's called the Career Toolkit, and if, is it on Apple, iOS, and Google Android? Yes, it is on both of those, on Apple and on Android. The now, reason... how did you develop your app? Yeah, this app now, I have a background in technology and in digital media and in education. So when my neighbor suggested to me that I build an app, that was the extent of her suggestion. She didn't have any ideas what it should do. She said, build an app. I started to think about what can an app do? And I've long held a philosophy on media that media is about the content, not the medium. That's a whole long speech in itself. But the essence is, as writers... Our job is not simply to have people buy pieces of paper. That's not what we're trying to do. As nonfiction authors, we want to change how people think and act. The book is certainly one way to do that. They read our book. They say, oh, interesting ideas. I need to employ these ideas. But we can convey those ideas in other means. How often have you read a book and said, wow, there's some really great ideas in this book. And then you forget two, three weeks later. That doesn't help us. So with the app, I created this app free on the Android and iPhone stores, and it has the tips from the book. If you went through my book with a highlighter, you get these tips. These are the key points. And the app can be used in one of two ways. Either you say, oh, I'm about to go into an interview. What was it Mark said about interviews? Open up the app, go to the interview tips, and flip through them. So it's a refresher, or it's useful just as a passive way to remember the content. There's a technique called spaced repetition. That's a fancy name for after you learn something, look back at it again. Look back at it a few times. That will help you remember it. Now, most people will not open an app. So there are flashcard apps out there, but no one's going to create the flashcards or open them. With my app, you only need to open it once a month, and it will pop up as a notification on the phone one of those tips from the book. So at a time set by the user each day, they say, oh, right, that was a really good point. Swipe it away. It takes them two seconds a day. To the reader, the benefit is, oh, this is helping me retain the content with basically no effort. It takes me two seconds to look at, swipe it away, I'm done. To the author, the benefit is our readers now better retain our content and remember us. We want word of mouth marketing. Who is someone likely to recommend a book they read six months ago and never thought about again, or a book that pops up on their phone every single day? And so that's the idea of this, this app. It helps keep you top of mind, and it helps the reader 
better retain the content. I created this for my app, but we're actually putting out a general version, Brain Bump, under the Cognosco Media brand, and that's gonna be out in early April. And this will allow any nonfiction author to put their content online so readers can access the content and be reminded each and every day about your book and keep you top of mind. So that's the Brain Bump app at cognoscomedia.com, C-O-G-N-O-S-C-O, media.com. That concludes this interview. Mark Hirschberg, thank you for appearing on the Heartland Author Podcast. Thanks for having me on the show. I enjoyed interviewing Mark, who has been a very insightful guest for this podcast. This is Aaron Apollo Camp reminding y'all to write your imagination. Bye for now. You can learn more about me and my book writing projects at authoraac.wordpress.com. You can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter at AuthorAAC. You can also watch videos on the Heartland Author channel on YouTube. Copyright 2022, Aaron Apollo Camp, All Rights Reserved. This podcast episode is intended for the private listening of its audience. Any reuse or retransmission of this podcast episode without the express written consent of the podcast host is prohibited, except under fair use guidelines. Royalty-free music and sound effects obtained from https colon forward slash forward slash www.zapsplat.com.